Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, guys, and welcome back to The Treatment Room with your host, Tessa Zolli. I'm so ready for today's topic of the show, acne trigger foods. I think it's such an important topic. It's the most requested topic I've gotten to date. I have so many comments on TikTok saying, please talk about acne trigger foods. I have to say, I've had a little bit of anxiety about about this episode and because of that, I just want to be very clear with some of my disclaimers before we get into the show. I know food as a whole is such a complicated, sensitive topic. It can affect a lot of people in very kind of insidious mental ways. So I just want to be careful when it comes to talking about food. If you have any sort of history of disordered eating or complicated relationship with food, this may not be the episode for you because we will be talking about food. That said, when we're going to be talking about acne trigger foods today, I hope you understand we're not talking about any of these foods in terms of calories, weight gain, even labeling them good or bad foods. There's no bad food. None of these foods have a label attached to them. Doesn't mean you could never have them. It's more just information that you can do with what you want, take what you like, leave what you don't. Maybe in listening to this episode, it rings a little bell for you and removing that one food really helps you on your acne journey or your skin journey. That said, I also want to be very clear that none of these foods cause acne because no foods cause acne. This is probably the biggest misconception I see thrown around on social media. People saying things like coffee causes acne or dairy causes acne. No food is the direct reason you are having breakouts. When we're talking about acne, it's more likely due to something like hormones, could be medication, genetics, a predisposition to having more excess shedding of dead cells in the follicle, using clogging cosmetics or products, but no food is the direct reason you're having breakouts. That said, I think we all have probably noticed certain patterns in our skin, especially for acne prone, and it doesn't mean food can't affect the skin. But when we're talking about food, it's a very indirect relationship with our skin. So eating certain foods can affect certain bodily systems. It could affect hormones, oil levels, dehydration, or inflammation, and thus trigger a response. And the food is just one little piece of that puzzle. Sometimes I think it's that thing that can kind of push somebody to the tipping point. 
So it's just one piece of the puzzle. I also don't want anyone to put so much emphasis on food. Sometimes I see, I see food being kind of overplayed as the reason somebody cleared their skin and it can be very helpful, but very rarely is it the sole reason that you have manifested more breakouts or acne. Again, it's just one very small but important piece of the complicated equation that is our skin health. That said, I do think this is an important conversation to have. For so long, the research has been lacking. And even when it comes to the more obvious triggers, there are a lot of medical professionals that still say, you know, there's no relationship between food and our skin. In more recent years, we have finally established, you know, the classic American diet fast food, hamburgers, fries, lots of soda, that could potentially lead to more breakouts. But more recently, I think we've been understanding that there are certain foods that can be very healthy. And I think that's that that's what gets a little bit confusing about this episode. And when I say healthy, I mean having nutritional value. There are a lot of foods I'm going to discuss that have great nutritional value. So it's not to say these are bad foods. They definitely have a lot they could offer somebody in terms of nutritional benefits. But at the same time, a food can be healthy and it can still be an acne trigger. I think it's important to talk about, I also want to say I'm not a doctor or a nutritionist. That said, I don't think doctors or nutritionists quite see patterns in the way estheticians do. When we're seeing our clients regularly, and if they're experimenting with something like removing dairy from the, di- from the diet, we see the impact that has on the skin. In my consultations, I never say we need to cut all of these things out. So I hope you guys don't feel like you're listening and you need to make sure none of these foods are ever in the diet. That's not what we're saying at all. With my clients, we typically start with maybe one or two acne trigger foods if that's doable for them. A lot of times people are eating everything on this list and it's not feasible nor is it um, helpful, I think, to say let's let's aim for a perfect world where you're never going to have any of these foods because it's likely not going to happen if they're part of somebody's daily lifestyle and habits. It's, it's something that can take time and it can be a lot more beneficial to start with one or two things and see what progress you can make in addition to great topical skincare that's customized for the individual and and just see what progress you can make. I often say, let's treat this as a little experiment. And if you're willing, would you like to try removing dairy for now and seeing seeing if it could lessen the amount of cysts or hormonal acne you're experiencing? 10 times out of 10, people are willing to try that change even for a temporary period of time because they're coming to me to see results with their skin. A lot of times there can be 
progress that is hindered by these acne trigger foods. Again, not to say it's the whole reason, but it can be a big piece of the puzzle. Okay, I think those are my main uh, disclaimers, but just take this episode with a grain of salt. Hear each bullet or food that I'm talking about and think about if this is relevant to you or your clients, how you might be seeing it affect the skin. I think, you know, you always hear people say giving up sugar or dairy or wheat, whatever it may be, like made the 100% difference. For me, I very firmly believe it has to be a marriage of commitment, expertise from a professional, great topical solutions, and the lifestyle piece in addition to nutrition and what somebody is consuming. Okay, all that said, let's go ahead and get into acne trigger foods. Starting with one that I think can be hard for a lot of people, peanut butter. So how can peanuts (laughs) trigger acne? Again, this is a confusing one because it's a healthy food. You're getting healthy fats, a little bit of protein from peanuts. At the same time, peanuts contain an androgen-like material. So when you increase your body's presence of an androgen or a material like it, something that mimics a hormone like peanut butter, then your skin is more likely to create oil. When more sebum or oil is produced, it traps more debris within the follicle, and this can result in more acne breakout. So do you guys see what I mean by it's not the direct reason of the acne, but indirectly it can cause breakouts. So foods high in androgens are peanuts, peanut butter, and peanut oil. There are others, some of which I will go over in this episode, but think about that because I know peanut butter can be kind of compounded into different snack foods, peanut butter pretzels, Reese's cups, powdered peanut butter still does count, peanut butter protein powders, peanuts themselves, or peanut butter themselves. This one I find to be pretty substantial when it comes to acne. And again, it's a sneaky one. For me, little side note, this was one of the biggest (laughs) triggers for me when I was undergoing my acne journey. I have some videos on TikTok and Instagram of when I was struggling with my breakouts, which were all kind of concentrated in the cheeks. And there were these little, tiny, frustrating, closed, comedones and whiteheads. And it's funny because at the time, again, not to say this was a main reason by any sort. I think when we're talking about acne, it's a lot of times like the perfect storm, but sometimes you can think and there's a relationship to one of these foods going on at the same time. So for me, when my acne was in its peak, I was living a very hectic, stressful lifestyle. I had a poor sleep schedule. I was very busy working at a spa, going from person to person, high cortisol, high intensity training types of workouts. There was the influence of hormonal birth control. And at the same time, I was 
coming home at the end of a busy day at the spa and it would be 10 30 p.m by the time I got home I'd be too tired to make like a proper meal or a snack so I would just take a jar of peanut butter and I would have spoonfuls of peanut butter and peanut butter was my obsession for the longest time it's kind of an inside joke with one of my girlfriends from college because we would always leave a jar of peanut butter by our nightstand like at the end of a long night that was like our comfort food we love the peanut butter and I would put it in smoothies I would have it as a snack it's great it can be great in fitness and I think a lot of people who work out like it because it's such an easy snack to pair with apples or celery or to put in a smoothie to fill you up a little bit more Again, has a lot of health benefits, but this can be a trigger when it comes to acne. Moving on to the most popular example of an acne trigger food, dairy. And this does include milk, yogurt, cheese. <laughs> Very sore subject for a lot of clients, and I understand. I no longer eat dairy. I Rarely will I have a little bit of feta or, you know, I don't go to parties very often. Maybe I'd be at a party once or twice a year. If there was a really fantastic cheese board, I would definitely have some. But it's just not something I buy. I find as somebody who's immune compromised and acne prone, it just isn't something for me that's really worth it. But in the case of consuming dairy, it is a mucus forming food and it can be difficult for the body to digest, which is why many people nowadays are lactose intolerant. For certain people, when they get too much dairy for their unique body to digest, it could come out in the form of acne, more hormonal acne, or cystic acne. Now, why do we see a connection between consuming dairy and more breakouts along the chin and jawline, which is a very classic hormonal area for breakouts. So the hypothesis is, since that the majority of milk in the U.S. comes from pregnant cows, and on top of that, some cows are given growth hormones, the hormone levels in milk may play a role in increasing sebum production, very similar to the example of peanuts. So in turn, this can promote acne from the increased sebum production. Sebum production is influenced by androgens, which dairy is also an androgen. So Sebum production is influenced by androgens and hormonal mediators, such as insulin-like growth factors found in milk and other animal products. The body can use the chin and the jawline area to remove these excess hormones. So there are a greater number of sebaceous glands in the face in this jawline and chin area. And since hormones are fat-soluble, the body will use these glands as kind of the, the avenue of excretion for these fat-based hormones. Kind of interesting. So when it comes to the, the research around dairy and acne, surprisingly enough, for one that seems so obvious that I would say most people are aware of, especially if they're acne prone, there was really only one 
study that has shown the connection between acne and breakouts. So this was a 2016 study published in the Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology that did show a positive correlation between low fat and skim milk, kind of interesting, and those in relation to acne, but no relationship between whole fat milk and acne. And I think this is so interesting. At the same time, I think it's very difficult with a group of people to look at their breakouts and their acne in connection to dairy because do we know what they're using at home? What are the other lifestyle factors or genetic predispositions that could be affecting them? I think it's really difficult because of this element of bioindividuality for us to look at the research between acne and certain foods and come across a concrete hypothesis. I think what's actually more logical is this method of experimentation or what some might call an elimination diet. So on an individual level, trying one food at a time and seeing how eliminating that food for a time being, I'd say at least three months, to see if removing the food would have a positive impact on that person's skin. I also wanted to add, when it comes to dairy, this includes whey protein and it also includes Greek yogurt. I say this because so often with my clients, when it comes to the dairy conversation, they'll say, I'm dairy free, except for, you know, I have a little whey protein or I have Greek yogurt every morning, or even, you know, the only thing I have is full creamer, full dairy creamer in my coffee, but that's it. So I think sometimes people have the misconception if I'm just consuming a low amount of dairy, it couldn't possibly impact my skin. But in reality, it could be a low amount that's still over what you can tolerate. So you might be consuming a low level of inflammation, but on a regular enough basis that it becomes excreted through the skin. So I think the best way to fully judge if dairy is impacting your skin is to completely eliminate it for a period of three months. By then, you might notice I'm not developing as many new cysts, I'm not producing as much oil, thus less breakouts, and I'm happier with how my skin is overall, so maybe dairy isn't worth it for me. I find dairy to pretty much always be something that affects the skin in some way. I think sometimes it's a matter of whether the client wants to acknowledge that, wants to even explore that, because for a lot of people I know, dairy is like their favorite thing ever. It's a huge source of happiness and they may not be willing to give it up. That's an also something I think is important if you are an esthetician listening. We need to practice so much sensitivity when it comes to discussing food or discussing acne trigger foods. And at the end of the day, it's our client's skin. I don't want to waste anyone's money, so I would prefer to take out some of these more clear triggers that I see in practice holding people back because I want to get my client the best result. I don't want to waste their money. I want them to be happy. And sometimes it can be difficult to clear somebody while they're consuming 
dairy. Moving on to my personal vice, coffee. So I think this is something that's been thrown around a lot online in terms of being an acne cause, which we know there are no acne causing foods, there are just acne triggering foods. But when it comes to coffee, the real issue is the overconsumption of caffeine. So what we know about increasing caffeine is that it has been associated with increasing stress, which has been associated with more breakouts. So it really comes down to how much you are consuming. And the FDA suggests a maximum of 400 milligrams a day of caffeine. So that's roughly four or five cups, which I think is excessive from my research I've done online from other doctors. I more so agree with the one to two cups a day kind of situation. I also used to see a holistic nutritionist. She also recommended I reduce to one cup of organic coffee a day. These days I am opting for decaf. I'm somebody who's like, I've tried all the swaps. I need the real flavor. So organic decaf is typically my best option. But if you're open to other other substances, you could try dandelion tea, which doesn't have caffeine, or you could even try some sort of tea or even matcha. Another factor that can play a role is what we are adding to our coffee. So say, for example, you're getting a venti iced coffee from Starbucks, which is not organic, and you're getting full caffeine. And then on top of that, you might be adding a little bit of milk, a little bit of white sugar or syrup, and that could negatively impact your hormones as well. So if you are regularly consuming a lot of coffee and you're consuming coffee with sweetener and dairy creamers, yes, coffee could definitely have an impact on your skin. On top of that, I think the conversation around processed plant milks is really interesting. So I wanted to quote one of my friends, Ageless Ashley, who's also a nutritionist and had a really great post on Instagram. She is the first person who alerted me to the fact that processed plant milks could play a role in our skin. So she says the processed plant milks and oat milks we're all throwing in our coffee for good measure and feeling some type of way about because it's not actual milk is also something to be mindful of because most of them contain vegetable oil like rapeseed and canola, which are both packed with omega-6 fatty acids. Think about your oat milk or what's that brand? Oatly. If you turn around the label, they tend to have the rapeseed or the canola oil in the oat milk. Too much of these omegas will trigger pro-inflammatory chemicals to be created in our body, many times causing flare-ups in the skin as a result of what I like to refer to as omega imbalance. Some omega-6 is good when you have enough omega-3 to support it, but most people don't get enough omega-3. Very interesting, you guys. I can definitely attest to the relationship between caffeine 
or coffee in my skin. It's also a substance that can be dehydrating and play a role in increasing that sebum production. So coffee, it's something we just want to be aware of. And also understand that not all coffee beans are created equal. You want to look for a quality coffee because poor quality coffee, especially if consumed with those dairy products and if the cow is injected with antibiotics, that can disrupt gut flora. So you want to make sure you get your organic coffee. I was a... Uh, Nespresso lover for <laughs> the longest time. Then I realized none of the coffee was organic. I think they have recently added some organic pods, but when I can, I think it's just best to make it myself. My go-to lately has been one cup of decaf organic coffee. I actually grind the beans myself in my little grinder. That will change your life great gift idea if you know a coffee lover who doesn't have one. So I grind my organic beans. I make my coffee. I put it in the fridge because I like cold coffee. And in the morning, I actually use a can of organic coconut milk because it doesn't contain additives or gums or the oils. It's just pure organic coconut milk. So I actually add that to my one cup of decaf coffee and that to me is compromise. <laughs> now I did want to highlight some ways in which there are some pros to consuming coffee. So caffeine has been shown to have some benefits for the skin. It has antioxidant properties that have been shown to be anti-inflammatory, kind of like vitamin C. <laughs> At the same time, it could trigger a, tr a stress response, which could just cause our skin to produce more oil and gives bacteria the opportunity to thrive. But back to the antioxidants. These work to fight free radical damage and they can be applied topically in your skincare or they could be ingested. So if you're a big time coffee drinker or just drinking a moderate amount, there are some benefits to the conversation, but at the end of the day, I think it's about not overdoing it and sticking to more like one or two cups. Next on my list is energy drinks. And first I have to say, I've been getting more into fitness, gym culture, I guess you could say, and weightlifting specifically. So I've been following a lot more female influencers that lift weights. I think it's really inspiring, really cool, and kind of something I just didn't grow up with. And I think a lot of women can relate. We didn't grow up with the idea that you can try to add mass. You can try to eat more to build strength, to have better performance. So I've been really into that, and I've been following more of these female weightlifting influencers. That said, what do influencers do? They sell and promote things. And what are they going to sell? Probably workout clothes or some sort of supplement or pre-workout. And I think a lot of the ones that I respect will say these are tools that, you know, you can use, they can enhance your performance. But the thing that's not being talked about is how it can affect 
your skin health. And I think it's confusing for consumers sometimes because you're thinking, here's a very healthy person. Here's somebody who's so fit and they're promoting this product. So it must be very healthy for me. It must be for my well-being. It must improve my skin health. And the thing is, a lot of these products are kind of like a double-edged sword. It might be a greens-based powder, which we'll talk about a little bit more later on, but it also might have some acne triggering ingredients. So we don't get to hear about those nuances when, you know, your average consumer is seeing a product. So that said, I think, you know, sometimes we can think we need these tools or we think we need to rely on them to have a good workout or a fitness routine and I don't think that's the case. Sometimes it's just the fact that we're kind of creating a ritual around these products such as if you drink pre-workout or an energy drink every day before your workout and you kind of look forward to that. You love how the drink tastes, you love the feeling of getting more energy and then going into the gym and crushing your workout. You're kind of creating a positive ritual around that substance. I don't think you need it. I still think you can get a great workout without it. But at the end of the day, moderation. I'll pick up one of these energy drinks from time to time. I'll look forward to it. It's a treat every couple of months. But let's talk about what is in these substances and why they could potentially increase breakouts. So this is another kind of triple header, just like the alcohol. There are a few elements of these energy drinks that can be acne triggers. So I took a look at the Alani New label just to see what the ingredients are. I feel like this is pretty, pretty classic in terms of what's in an energy drink. So Alani New gives you 200 milligrams of caffeine. So we already know from our chat about coffee that can lead to an increase in stress and thus an increase in breakouts. Let's also talk about biotin and the B vitamins that can be in energy drinks. I think this is a little bit not so much talked about. So number one, we have biotin. And I feel like this is another thing that I see all over social media. People are starting to talk about how hair supplements and biotin triggered their acne. <laughs> I am definitely included in this bunch. And by the way, biotin can be in so many products. It can be in your energy drink. It can be in your, it's actually in most multivitamins. It can be in a supplement, a collagen powder, a hair, hair supplement. I notice Post-pandemic, I think a lot of us lost hair during COVID from stress or from COVID itself. And I've never seen more companies tapping into the hair loss market, but I feel like I'm constantly being bombarded with a new hair loss supplement. Nutrafol included. I know it's a new product. I know it's trendy. I see a lot of influencers promote it too. It's not that it doesn't work in terms of hair regrowth, which is what most biotin products do, but at the same time, it can be triggering for breakouts. So why does this happen? 
Biotin can lead to breakouts in the way your body absorbs it and other vitamins. So it's kind of tricky. It's not so much that it's the biotin itself causing acne. It's that it prevents your body from absorbing other nutrients that normally help counteract the effect of acne, which sounds kind of abstract, but I feel like this is one that's really underplayed in terms of the medical literature and how it promotes acne because I think most people who are acne prone who have tried some sort of biotin supplement will tell you they notice more breakouts. And you also want to look at the amount of biotin. So Alani New says it has 100% of your daily biotin intake, but think about that. Factor that in. Are you taking other hair supplements? Are you deficient? Do you need more biotin? I think this is where it can get dicey, especially if companies are including a high, high percentage of biotin. Next is the B12 that's commonly included in energy drinks, including Alani New. And I got excited about this because usually there's not too much concrete data when it comes to foods or supplements and acne, but a new study actually did find that taking B12 increases the amount of that vitamin on facial skin, which in turn causes a certain facial bacteria, propionibacterium, to produce more of something called porphyrins, which results in inflammation. And now this can lead to acne. So again, with the energy drinks, you're kind of getting a triple, triple threat. You're getting the caffeine, you're getting the biotin, and you're getting the B vitamins, which have been proven to trigger acne. I'll keep the next one pretty short and sweet, but bread and refined grains. So foods like your white pasta or white bread can cause a burst of insulin, which may lead to an increase of breakouts and acne. So I hope this is received okay, but I do notice people who have a high consumption of these types of foods, it can be vegans or vegetarians who rely on more carb sources for energy and tend to rely on these types of refined grains. Sometimes this can, can trigger a little bit of imbalance. What I would suggest in this case is something like brown rice, which is a great alternative. You can even find it in pasta form. Brown rice is rich in vitamin B and protein, and vitamin B acts as a stress fighter and aids in regulating our hormone levels. So exactly what we want and kind of an easy swap for acne. Next is shellfish, and I'll be honest, this isn't something that usually is a big topic of discussion in my consultations, but shellfish can include shrimp, crab, and lobster. If you're going out and, you know, getting shrimp or lobster on occasion, I really don't think it's a big deal. However, I did have one client on the East Coast, and in the summertime, I think she was either working on a boat or at a seafood restaurant. And so she was really surrounded by shellfish and she was having it like twice a day, every day, all summer. So that was something that we looked at in terms of <laughs> reducing her intake. 
The reason that these shellfish could be breaking you out has to do with iodine. And I might as well bring up seaweed, which was next on my list. Also a high iodine food. And I think we're seeing seaweed kind of like in a lot of ways now in our culture. I know those little snack packs with seaweed are very popular. And when I went to see a naturopath, she actually recommended I up my intake of those because they're a high iodine food and we all need iodine. The recommended amount is about 150 milligrams per day. Women who are pregnant or breastfeeding may need more. But the reason my naturopath recommended this was because we need it for our thyroid gland to work properly. And I have an under, underactive thyroid. So that's an instance where it's a very healthy food, very good for you, but it has its limits. Too much iodine at once could make you break out. And this also includes algae or spirulina, which we see these types of green powders, you know, all the time and a lot of times they are promoted in terms of how they will help your skin glow which drives me nuts because you know your average wellness influencer influencer or somebody who is into health nutrition that kind of thing they might know of these benefits but they may not see the same side that estheticians see in clinic when our clients are consuming high iodine. So shellfish, seaweed, spirulina. Also, I've noticed these can be very high. These types of algae or seaweed supplements, they can be very popular in a lot of other vitamins and holistic supplements like as something that is included in the vitamins so that is something to be aware of I always have my clients send me their medications and any supplements they might be taking and that allows me to take a look at their iodine content I kind of slid this into the last one when I was talking about iodine but I felt like it deserved its own category. Salt, my favorite, favorite thing of all time. I love salt. I love sweets too, but if I had to choose, I might choose salt. So too much salt can dehydrate your skin, leading to an increase in oil production. I feel like that's the sentence I have kept repeating with so many of these foods. So Salt also contains iodides and bromines, which have been long known to cause acne eruptions in people susceptible to these salts. So I say this because we're not only talking about the salt you're using in your kitchen, which I would typically say we're talking about iodized salt, Morton's salt, kind of like the classic table salt in this situation, but also be mindful that salt is typically in your processed foods or your snack foods. If you like to snack on chips and crackers regularly, oftentimes those contain table salt. If you can opt for Himalayan or sea salt, especially in the kitchen, that is ideal. Last on my list is tofu and tempeh. So this includes tofu, soy milk, and soy protein. And I'm very aware this can 
be an issue for a lot of vegans and vegetarians who rely on this protein. Let's talk a little bit about why soy can be an acne trigger. So processed soy is abundant because it's very easily genetically modified and companies can make a lot of it for very, very cheap. It makes a very attractive filler agent for food companies and even cosmetic companies because of that reason. It's very cheap and it's a filler agent. So this does matter because soy is literally everywhere and you do hear a lot of people developing sensitivities and allergies to soy. It is even in the is clinical reparative emulsion, which is one of my favorite moisturizers, but you'll find that odd person can't tolerate it because of the soy. So you want to check the nutrition labels and you will find that soy, soybean oil, and soy proteins, all these kind of things are in lotion, makeup, dog food, protein bars, salad dressing, uh, other kinds of like pre-packaged foods, in addition to a lot of those popular vegetarian protein options. So what happens when we eat soy? The phytoestrogens hijack our body's natural estrogen receptors, blocking them from doing their job. So in excess, this is another food that could lead to hormone imbalance, specifically estrogen dominance and thus hormonal acne. So we can see hormonal acne from an uptick in testosterone or even estrogen dominance. We're looking at the overall imbalance. The second way that soy can be an issue is by upsetting our digestive system, which is so important for skin health. It's very in line with gut health. So the reason that soy can be problematic for our digestive system is that it is basically the peak of processed foods. Like it is so chemically manipulated. And because it's so processed, our body can have trouble breaking it down easily because these are very unnatural structures that are being introduced to our system. So it can create inflammation in the process. If you need to consume soy, I did find information that said it's best to opt for something like an edamame bean, which is soy in its natural state. So it hasn't been depleted of the nutrients and it's not a highly processed food that's going to create more inflammation. That's going to wrap up my episode on acne trigger foods. I hope you liked this episode. I hope it was helpful to you on your own skin journey or just in practice with your clients. If you guys like this episode, you can head over to Apple iTunes and leave me a little nice review. All you need to do to do that is go to the show webpage and then you're going to keep scrolling until you see the stars then you can click on the stars and you can write something if you want. You don't have to, but I really appreciate that. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I love you and I'll catch you in the next episode.